You're listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, episode number 81. Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters. Each week, I bring you inspiring messages to help you create the life you're meant to lead. Buckle up, buttercups. Welcome back to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I am forever Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer, and I am bringing you the very first podcast episode of 2017. And I have to say, I am super excited because we are shaking things up around here. I decided a few months ago that I wanted to change the podcast format for the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. And for the last year and a half, I have really enjoyed interviewing people from all over the world, asking them how they've learned to get out of their own damn way. And I have come up with tons and tons of tips that people have shared, which have really just um, served to verify what I have done within my own research and training and experience as a healer for nearly two decades, helping people get out of their own damn way, and also things that I have used along my healing journey. So buckle up, buttercups out there. We are about to start Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast 2.0. So this very first podcast of 2017, I was thinking about what I wanted to create for the new year. And as most people do, I tend to um, take stock at this time of year and really take a look at where things have been, where I've come from, what's happened over the last year. Just, you know, a little bit of self-reflection and review. And I know a lot of us do that at this time of year. It's it's a great time of year to do that when we have this new beginning, this fresh start, this new opportunity to take a look. But there's something else that happens around this time of year. And I know a lot of you out there are going to know what I'm talking about. And that is this almost kind of uh, shame or Uh, guilt about not getting things done. So I wanted to kind of uh, take a look at the underbelly, if you will, of healing. Because if you've been in my tribe for any length of time, you know that I do not let the rug stay covered over the things that we shall not talk about. I am the one who peels it back takes a look underneath all the dust bunnies, all the hidden skeletons. It is time to peel back that curtain to take a look at what I call the downside of self-improvement. So today in this episode, we are going to dive a little bit into this concept of the downside of self-improvement. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a self-help junkie. I have used several tools. I've taken classes. I've received my own therapy, my own coaching. I've bought programs. I have gone to conferences. I have done a lot 
of work in the self-help realm. I've read books. I mean, you name it. I have done it. I know you guys have too. We we are on that path of t- personal development and professional development. And we are always looking to uh, take the next step and to get out of our comfort zone and to stretch ourselves to new heights. So there is a wonderful thing about self-improvement. And so this episode is not to diss the wonderful things that happen there. But what I want to talk about is what can happen when we're not paying attention, right? Because that's what I love to do. I love to talk about that paying attention and being aware of where we're at at all times. So here's the deal. When we buy into the big picture of the self-improvement industry, and it is everywhere, people. It is in the media. It is, you know, on our news feeds. It is everywhere. When we buy into that, the messages that we get, what are they? That we're not good enough. There's something wrong. There's something that needs to be fixed, that we're broken and we need to be repaired. Oh my gosh, these messages are everywhere. And I know you know what I'm talking about. They are everywhere. And when we don't pay attention, those messages can infiltrate into our brains. They can disrupt our thinking. They can allow us to start feeling certain ways about ourselves and then to take appropriate action. And when I say appropriate action in this instance, what I mean is this kind of striving to fix, this striving to fill the void or the hole of I'm not good enough. And that's where we really need to be careful. So it's it's really important to take a look at that self-improvement journey and, and where we're at and why we're doing it. Because it's not in and of itself a bad thing to want to improve ourselves. But when we're doing it from a place of feeling broken or feeling like something's wrong with us, then we become vulnerable and susceptible to maybe not so honest um, things. I, I'm like trying to struggle here for the word, but but not we don't we don't really come from a place of empowerment at that point. And so we may go after things that aren't necessarily in our best interest or are not really going to help us in the ways that we hope they will. So I'm here to remind you, to look at why you are on this journey of self-improvement, why you are vested in improving yourself and your circumstances. Are you doing it from a place of power and empowerment where you're like, hey, I'm pretty freaking awesome. However, I could be even more awesome. Or are you coming from a place of I'm not good enough, I feel lousy, and if I don't change, you know, like my life is going to be horrible forever. And here's the thing, is we all get into that dark place. 
We all do. But we need to be careful not to make really important life decisions from that place because it's a place of desperation and hopelessness sometimes. So we really need to pay attention to that. And do we always have to be in a place of complete bliss before we make decisions about improving ourselves? Well, hell no, of course not. But I want us to be aware. That's my job is to peel back that curtain again and let's take a look at where we're making those decisions. So I have some tips, okay? So you know, I always love to give tips on how can we get to that place. So I've got three tips for you to share on how you can get to a place of making some really good, effective decisions about self-improvement. The first one is to honor where you are. And by that, I mean to really take a look at what's going on in your life, where you've come from, so your recent past or your distant past, kind of the things that led you to where you are. And this is a place where we get to take some responsibility and some ownership, put our big girl and boy pants on, and and take an honest look at that. And this is a really good time of year to do that. I know I typically start around... Thanksgiving time each year. So late November is when I start to kind of do this year in review thing. And it usually lasts for me through um, through around this time, the first week in January. So I, I, you know, not all six weeks of that time, but certainly taking a good chunk of time to really sit and reflect, to think about what I've created over the year. And I'm not one to set New Year's resolutions. I don't believe in one time a year setting goals. I'm continually setting goals. So, um, but I know some of you do set New Year's resolutions and, and they may be things that you um, are, are checking in with yourself throughout the year. And that's wonderful. But this is also a good time of year to really take stock and to look at where you are. So the last time you set a goal, which was, you know, maybe it was last New Year's or maybe it was more recently than that. So taking a look at your most recent goals and just kind of doing a check-in, like where am I at? How am I making my progress? Do I need more support? Do I need less support? What do I need to help me continue to strive toward this goal? And also honoring where you're at. So we're still on tip number one. So honoring where you're at also involves celebrating what you have accomplished. So I know you because you're like me and you tend to focus on the things you have not done. Yeah, am I right? Do I have your number? Yeah. So really taking a look at what you have accomplished, okay? So 99 problems and, you know, the one thing great that, or 99 things that went great. I said that wrong. 99 things that went great. One thing that went wrong, we're going to focus on the one thing. So I want you to focus on the 99. I want you to focus in on what the things are that went well, And that is part of honoring where you're at, right? We don't want to just honor that we have goals and we may or may not have met them. We want to honor the accomplishments that we've had over a certain period of time. We want to honor and celebrate the things that we have achieved, even if they don't feel like big things. Every little step toward a goal Everything that we reach, everything that we accomplish, everything that we finish is one step closer. So another thing I talk about is 
when we are working towards something, whether it's a particular goal or just healing in general, that it's kind of a dance. We sometimes take a step forward and two steps back. It's kind of like this little dance of life that I call it. And we need to honor that. We need to honor every step because regardless of whether it's a step forward or a step backward, it's at least movement. And that's what we're striving for. We are striving for movement because here's the thing too, you know, law of physics, there's inertia. So as long as we're moving, we can, can, it's easier to continue to move. When we are stuck and stopped and not moving, it is harder to get in motion. So if any of you can think of, there's a law of physics about that. I can't remember exactly what it is. Um, My high school physics teacher will be very proud that I'm talking about physics. It was not one of my favorite classes. Anyway, uh, so that's tip number one is honoring where you are. So I said a lot about that. The next tip is to identify what you are grateful for. I talk a lot about gratitude. I actually did a pretty intense gratitude challenge in my community uh, a couple months ago and it was amazing because we really got deep into gratitude and gratitude is something you can go really really deep in or you can not go as deep so however deep you're comfortable going I want you to really start to identify what you're grateful for. Now, this kind of goes on the heels of honoring where you are. It's also honoring and identifying what you are grateful for. And I always challenge people in gratitude practice to not just focus on the people and the things that you're grateful for, because those in as far as gratitude goes, those are the easy ones, right? I'm, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my children. I'm grateful for my partner. Um, that's great. I, I'm wonder, I'm so happy that you're grateful for those things and continue to be. However, my challenge to you is to also identify your characteristics and your values and your beliefs and the intangible things that you are grateful for because these are the things that sustain you when life sucks. <laughs> you know, we we tend to have a difficult time identifying what we're really grateful for as far as what we bring to the table. So when I say identify what you're grateful for, I want you to not only include the kind of the easy stuff, but dig a little deeper and find some really intangible things that you are grateful for that have to do with who you are on the inside. So tip number three is to set a short-term obtainable goal. And yes, this is the time of year a lot of people set goals, but I think where people sometimes mess up, and I'll be talking much more about goal setting too. I have a lot to say about it. Actually, I have a lot to say about a lot of things, but you know that already probably. So setting a short-term goal is super important because what we tend to do, especially this time of year, I know I've been guilty of it too, is setting a really, really big goal. So when we think of a New Year's resolution, we're really talking about a goal that we're setting for the entire year. And for some people, that's way too long. (laughs) It's way too long of a period of time. And if we don't see results in a very short 
period of time. We are more likely to give up and to feel bad about ourselves. And holy cannoli, that is so not the point of setting goals. Setting goals is about striving and about reaching the goals, right? It's not about another excuse or another reason to not like who we are or to get down on ourselves. But I see it happen a lot because people, I think, are setting too big of goals. And, you know, we could go into a long thing. I could do probably hours and hours, a whole workshop or something on goal setting. And it's, you know, it's a much more complex issue than just saying, oh, you know, just set a goal and reach it. Um, As a matter of fact, actually, I'm just thinking I have a workshop that I have have created a training in my new membership program, CreU, that's going to be posted in a couple of weeks about setting goals. And we, and we go pretty deep in that. So um, I do, I do a lot of work on goals. And what we want to do, we can have a big goal and then set kind of sub goals underneath that. And that's definitely a more advanced practice. And I know we've all probably done that without necessarily realizing that. One example, I remember when I was uh, recently divorced. Actually, this is a funny story. I found out the day that I enrolled in graduate school that my divorce was final. Coincidence? I think not. Anyway, so I decided to go back to graduate school right after my divorce. So I knew my divorce was about final. I was then a single mom. My child was um, three. He was three years old that year. And I decided to go back to graduate school. And about a few weeks before graduate school started, I was in a car accident. Maybe this isn't a funny story, but it's a story. Um, anyway, I got into a car accident. I was, I had to have surgery and I was on crutches. So I had to find ways to get to school. So my big goal was to go to graduate school and to get my master's degree in counseling. That was my big goal. But my first sub goal was how the hell do I get to class? Because I couldn't drive. Um, I had, you know, I had to find a babysitter. I had to find a ride to school. I had to find a ride home from school. Um, I had to figure out how to get my son to and from his preschool, um, all of this stuff. So there's like all these sub goals. And I wasn't thinking about that. I wasn't thinking like, oh my goodness, I have to set sub goals to go get my graduate degree. I was thinking, I want to get this, like I'm going to freaking make it happen. And I know you've had this happen before. It's like you don't really think too much about it. You just do what you have to do. So that's what I want to challenge you to do is is to really take a look at your goal and is it a, like a game changer goal? If it's a game changer goal, something that's really going to change your life or your quality of life, um, that might be too big to set right now. It may or may not be. It depends on you. But my biggest suggestion is to set a short-term obtainable goal. So something you can reach within the next seven days. That's what I'm talking really, really short-term. So it could be part of a bigger goal, but maybe it's not. But just to set a short-term goal. And I'll tell you why I suggest this. Because if we are ever in a state of feeling bad about ourselves, feeling down about 
how we're doing or how we are or are not meeting our goals or doing what we want to do, we tend to, you know, have lower self-esteem, our confidence plummets. And one of the best ways to gain our confidence back is to accomplish something, is to do something we say that we're going to do. So setting a short-term obtainable goal, it's something that you, it's like you cannot not meet your goal. That's the kind of goal that I'm talking about. And that helps to build up your success and your confidence muscles so that you can set even more goals. So those are my tips, my three tips about really getting to the place of power so that you can be on the upswing of the self-improvement craze at this time of year. So again, tips are number one, honoring where you are. Number two, identifying what you are grateful for. And number three, setting a short-term obtainable goal. So I want to thank you for joining me for today's episode, The Downside of Self-Improvement. We are going to turn that sucker on its head and make some kick-ass, awesome sauce goals and success and improvements for 2017. So thank you all for joining me for this episode. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes where I'm going to be sharing lots of of tips and tools. And if you would like to join more of the conversation, feel free to head over to my Facebook group, Get Out of Your Own Damn Way community, where you can be a part of a community that is committed to getting out of their own damn way. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. If you've been inspired, please share the podcast with your friends. You can find us on iTunes or at Creelin.com. K-R-Y-L-Y-N.com.